Morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, well, the 12 steps. What is it? Mm. The point of the platform is to speak about the exact nature of the wrong, hopefully, and take it from page 64 of the big book chapter, how it works, about the third paragraph down. There's a certain sentence that sets a uh, steps but starting with the fourth step a way of looking at the fourth step that is different in my experience than a lot of ways I was told how to look at the fourth step and I just want to reiterate it we do it every week but if you want to look at it it's on page 64 being convinced obviously if you've been introduced to the program being convinced is one of the requirements uh, for moving from one step to the next in a way, so being convinced uh, that self manifested in various ways. All right, so self is a topic that Bill W. talks about a lot in the big, in the big book. Uh, self-will, self-seeking, self-obsession, self-centeredness, all this stuff. Uh, but the idea of how the self is so established. Is it us or is it, or is it something other than us? It's profoundly important in a way, because if you look at the program as if it's us, then it goes against the statement that I'm reading from page 64, because it says being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So in this one way that's being presented of looking at the program in a way or the steps, he's, he's being very clear that self is not us. Yeah. And that, so if there's a common feeling that self is us, and I'm not talking about the ego, I'm talking about really feeling like you're the doer when actions occur, all actions, even if it's obvious they had nothing to do with you as if you were possessed, there's still the narrative that you were the doer of it all. So the doer, the feeler, the thinker, the seer, the hearer, the taster, the toucher, all of those uh, qualities of living that are the basis of life, really, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then going over what we thought we saw, felt, tasted and touched by the thought system and the memories and all that though that basis of life is is usually conditioned on the idea that we are self and self meaning that we're the doer the thinker the feeler a sense of ownership or doership or or habership around a lot of stuff we may not have done or own or, or, or have yeah and, you know, you can sometimes feel it when you're sharing about alcoholism. Usually we share about, you know, I have alcoholism. Uh, but in fact, it feels more like alcoholism has us, in my experience. So it's a strange, um, this identification as self is obviously reinforced by the thoughts and by the narration that we hear in our head during the day. So in this statement, it's very clear he's, just, he's uh, defining self and us as different. 
And I, that's the whole point uh, to me of the real relief from the bondage of self is to see that you're not self. See, the bondage of self may be this and that, thousands of different ways the handcuffs can be put on, but what are the handcuffs? The handcuffs are the identification as self. So the bondage of self, I, I keep calling myself self. I keep calling me self. And, uh, and it's caught in a statement in, in our community that self can't get out of self, which obviously, just like the step one and two, was an observational uh, result. People saw that they were trying to get out of themselves as themselves and that it was futile and fruitless. Sort of like when they say self-knowledge avails us nothing. Uh, that's a profound statement also because you would think that knowledge would avail us a lot. But in it doesn't say knowledge won't avail us a lot. It says self-knowledge. So something knowledge claimed by this idea of being the one doesn't lead to freedom from that imaginary one so self-knowledge avails us nothing so this whole point of seeing the manifestations of self is the fourth step and they are resentments fears these are the common ones are harming people in the pursuit of what we want these are the common manifestations of self in all of our lives yet all of us keep calling them ours yeah so everyone i ever hear share about a resentment they start with my resentment everyone in the room pretty much like if there's 30 people in the room and 15 sh people share about resentment they call them my resentment <laughs> i mean that's the act of being bonded as self at the moment yeah because, see, there isn't any bondage of self. There's always the act of being bound to self. And I think we're complicit in that act all day without knowing it, to tell you the truth. I think we're all complicit in that act of being bonded to self without knowing it. And hopefully these meetings are a platform not only to uh, put out this idea, but to entertain this idea in a in a regular manner like twice a week until it finally starts starts setting in or gets some traction in there or becomes a really uh, a strong possibility and then maybe you'll look at starting at step four that the manifestations fears resentments and harm done to others aren't really yours they happen through you we're accountable for them so I remember in my life, this is all in hindsight, that a lot of things scared the hell out of me, emotionally, mostly, like losing people I loved when I was young. And strategies ensued in the head of how to protect me from this feeling of being lost and overwhelmed by feelings. Well, it set out, of, out on a course to make all these things that seem so real to me unreal yeah now the way the head works in my experience let's say there's 20 windows and something that isn't nice is appearing in one the head will close every window the curtains will go down on all of them and they're really a bitch to try to let them go back up it just doesn't work it's 
strategies, especially in the idea of protecting me, because it's protecting itself, the system itself, not me. So, you know, I, there was a making a lot of shit unreal. Now, when I started coming to in AA, I realized, Jesus, uh, because finally all that shit I was trying to make unreal, I let catch up with me, really. I became vulnerable, let's say. In the surrender, I was allowed to be powerless, and therefore I had a lot of power. And that power was to be able to receive all the shit I was trying to deny most of my life and let it land, and it landed, and then it informed me I was not that. And it has a lot to do with alcoholism because I was denying a lot of the aspects of active alcoholism. I didn't think I was an addict. I didn't denied all that shit. I finally admitted it, or it, it was admitted to the innermost self, and therefore it, it was allowed to be seen real, and I became responsible. Because when I'm in self-centeredness, I think I'm exceed, incredibly responsible, so I try to make myself unresponsible for years, and then finally I let myself be responsible again. I own up for the shit that I did, and I make the amends, and hopefully there's another wave in recovery. So now I take, I see my role in things, I admit it, I become, take responsibility, I make the amends, and maybe, just maybe, there's a furthering of recovery, which is I see I'm not that, yeah? And so suddenly, the responsibility which I took, I see through, and now I see I'm accountable, like my dog did shit on the neighbor's lawn, but you can't put it on me, you can't pin it on me that I shat on the, the, the neighbor's lawn. It was the dog, yeah? And so I feel there's another wave of recovery. The first big wave is seeing our role in things, and then maybe the next wave would be seeing the self's role in things. And so, and so realizing the manifestations that were coming through us weren't of us, yes? That's the whole point of, of this platform, humbly, is to attempt to share with you this idea because not because i think it's right which i do what i think it will bring about a large amount of relief that can stabilize and become a new basis just like it says we're going to have a new freedom and a new happiness well we can have a new basis in life instead of a mental basis of irritability restlessness, and discontent we can have let's say a spiritual basis that produces a sense of satisfaction and contentment before we go out to seek satisfaction and content. Yeah, so there you go. And I'm really happy for everyone who comes. I hope, uh, I hope this vague intention has come to fruition. So thank you. Good stuff, Paul. Thank you very much. And we're gonna start off with Jeremy. He has his hand up first. Take it away, Jeremy. Yeah, hi everyone. Hi Paul. Um, my name is Jeremy and I'm an alcoholic and um, I'm, it's really good to be here and um, I'm really grateful for everything you've put out Paul and um, just to say briefly I came into the rooms in uh, 2013 and then I got into non-duality somewhere along the way and then 20. Uh, 17 I had this big kind of glimpse and it lasted a few days and whatever and uh, 
there was so much clarity i decided that i needed to simplify my life just empty 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 because it was you know i sat in parks for hours and looked at the blossom and all that kind of thing and i left my master's program i left my job and i also left the meetings right and um and so i find myself so i became like a professional non-duality seeker for like three years and i went to a lot of non-duality meetings i had skypes and whatever but i wasn't doing the meetings and I was absolutely obsessed with this thing called liberation. And I used to love the stories where they gave this moment and whatever. Anyway, I came to April of this year and um, I, I was just in a very uh, frightened play. I was frightened of people, frightened of the world. It's like the opposite of the step nine promises. A head full of conspiracy theories and goodness knows what, and just very, very small. And, and I had a rock bottom day. I didn't have a drink, but I had a, I had a rock bottom. And uh, it was really, really painful. And I was having a Skype with another non-duality speaker and she said to me, oh, I'm in the rooms. And I was like, oh my God, how did I not see that the two, why did I think that they were like mutually exclusive? And I came, I'd known about you, but I hadn't watched your stuff. And I watched your videos where you go through the whole big book a couple of times. And um, I'm, what I'm really grateful for, Paul, is just the clarity I've got through watching your videos and, um, I did a 1990 on Zoom, I've got a sponsor and I'm in the game again. And I, I just felt like um, where I got to in those three years, it's like I'd painted myself into this corner. It was like a very intellectual thing where, you know, like the non-dual police were just like, everything was just like, oh no. And like, for instance, you talk about letting a higher power in and having a good life and stuff like that. And that to me would have just been like, oh no, that's just a dualistic concept. It is what it is and it's not happening to anyone. So I was just in this kind of stasis, do you know what I mean? And it took yeah, that, yeah and it took that, um, so yeah, and it, I, I had suicidal thoughts basically in April and um, I, um, that was way back when, 2007, when I first started this recovery journey, that was, that was the thing that went, holy shit, like there must be more to life than this. And then it happened again and I was, and then, and then I watched your videos and I, um, and I've got into the rooms and stuff and I'm in the game again, but what's that, what that's turned into that experience is um, the deepest step one I've ever had. And um, you know, in the book where it says we conceded to our inner Jeremy, excuse me, Jeremy, is, do you have a question for Paul? Don't yes. worry about it, let's go on. Oh, okay. Sorry, I apologize, sorry, I apologize. I'll, uh, get, I'll, I'll get, yeah, I, and, yeah, sorry, I apologize, I'll, I'll shut up soon. I just wanted to say a big, big thank you. And I've, I've been watching a lot of you and you're really helping me. And uh, I'm getting so much clarity from um, what you're talking about. And I love the way that you talk about the problem because that's what I need to hear. And yeah, sorry I've waffled, but I just wanted to say I'm super grateful. And um, yeah, it's really good to be yeah. here and, and meet you face to face. Well, the important thing is a lot. First of all, welcome. But you. you've described a common thing when people get who have addiction or their action figure does or alcoholism and then they find non-duality. And so what occurs is there's a, an unclarity of, about the role of the action figure and the absolute. And basically people think the idea of the absolute is going to override all the other conditions of the action figure, not realizing those conditions have been going on in great acceptance of the absolute. <laughs> yeah, so 
basically <laughs> they they uh they there's a, an extreme reaction and now there's there's conflict with the role of recovery in the action figure world and the absolute recognition of all there is and yet and then they become very unhappy action figures but and very rigid non-dualities yeah like a non-duality pharisee <laughs> so they have the they have the the letter of the law but they don't have the spirit of it yeah so then you come you come through it hopefully and then you really realize the action in this figure is like you know render unto caesar what is caesar's yeah it needs it it needs certain things yeah it doesn't need the absolute sometimes what it needs is a community it needs a sense of well-being it needs yeah. a purpose it needs these things to be a healthy action figure yeah and if something the mental state will use anything and put it on to put it into like you know it's identified as this then it tries to stop this completely yeah it's so insane so it's a perfect example jeremy and i'm happy you made it through that because there's a lot of value in it in the see the failedness of uh uh holding non-duality in a dualistic manner <laughs> it doesn't work well so thank you yeah thank you thanks so yeah much. yeah <laughs> it's a very difficult thing to speak of because it's not black or white it's how we hold things and how like you can deal the same cards to someone but the way they are held changes the whole hand yeah so you have to take in to and then but over time you see patterns of how the mental state re reacts to certain things like hearing the message and then claiming the message of non-duality and then basically saying well there is no self so i don't have to do the steps or anything like that and then they're drunk in a couple of years <laughs> And literally, they, they got nothing because non-duality doesn't give you anything. So now they're drunk with nothing instead of being <laughs> surrendered to nothing. It's a different, it's a different experience. So. But thanks, yeah. All right, Michael, anyone, anyone else? Yes, we do. Thank you, Paul. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Next question is from Catherine. I'll ask you to unmute, Catherine. And... Hi. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah. So I'm kind of driven with this question. <laughs> uh, and I may have missed something along the way because I don't come all the time to the meeting. But I'm, I'm having this hunger around step 12. And I think some of it is driven by the fact that um, for the last year I've been uh, thrown uh, into my recovery once again, and um, around recovery coaching, and um, and I am going into uh, this little pos position where I'm going to bridge something between the recovery center and the hospital, and it's sort of like 
you know, this place where nobody really knows what the hell I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to be present for it. Right. And, uh, so as someone who sponsors, I've come across this situation, you know, like the, this higher power and people sometimes don't have that, you know, uh, ability to grasp that even in their atheism, but, th but they're willing. So they, I tell them just keep going along. I'm asking you today for some simple direction around step 12. If that would the best. For yourself or, or, to, or to share with I others? Think, well, I think that um, any of us in this meeting can probably uh, well, step use it. Step 12 right? is the, uh, step 12 is like the agenda that's adapt is adopted after the spiritual awakening that has been, if using the term of AA, that has been arrived at through the step work, yeah? So we take on uh, an agenda which is, says, you know, be willing to practice these principles in all your affairs. Now, my advice with people is if you can't do that, limit your affairs, yeah? And then help other people to achieve sobriety. Yeah, basically that's our seat assignment or agenda when it comes to recovery. Now, you may find yourself in a lot of different situations and circumstances, but that's basically the agenda, yeah? You know, try to live by the principles of the program and help other people to achieve fucking what you've been given, yeah? Yeah, that's basically the job. I like to yeah. see action figures. I like to see, uh, I like to call our assignments here seat assignments. I just like it. It just makes it, it's not like, uh, you know, you're a chosen one. It's just where you find yourself. You have a seat assignment, yeah? So there's the seat assignment of AA, is to practice these principles in all our affairs and help other people achieve sobriety and support other people's recovery, yeah? What a, what's a great way of supporting other people, people's of re, uh, their recovery is, is being in recovery. <laughs> being under the influence of recovery instead of being un, under the influence of self. That's very helpful for people yeah. to achieve. Yeah. That, yeah, and I think that it's, um, coming back in and listening to you again because um, – I've been around recovery for about six years, but I remember you early on in my recovery, listening to your take on the 12. And then it's funny because I have this new sponsee over the past six months and, and she's an atheist and she, and I was just like, well, you know, even, and even I go along the thing where I am up and down with what is this power greater than myself, right? So I just told her, you know, you've got to be willing to see what that is for yourself. It's a journey, not a destination. And so what was funny is once I started working with her, you came along in these Zoom things again, and I was reintroduced. And so thank you so much for everything uh, you've made it, uh, palatable about all this in my life through your uh, conviction to help others. Thank you. Well, let me, the, the thing too is the... Uh...
you know, the, the atheists and stuff like that, uh, oh, it's more seeing that you're not the higher power, yeah? Seeing that self is not the higher power. You don't really, you'll find a higher power by seeing the lower power yeah, of self. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's not mm -hmm. like I have to seek for a higher power. Just see what's been playing the higher power in your life as not you. Yeah. Recognizing it. Because we've been under the, we've been under the direction of a lower power. Yeah. We have. You want to call it self. So this is what the dilemma is like in the third step. And, uh, and also in perhaps there's a better way. It's trusting something infinite, but the more important is the previous trust in the finite self, yeah? Because if you don't see that there's this, this habit by identification that you're in uh, almost like a constant faith in the finite self because you're taking it to be you and real, when you turn around from that and pivot from there and try to have faith in the infinite, that's faith in the finite self. You see? Yes. Thank you. This is, how is it, this is how we get defeated. This is why in the third step, when they're going into the third step, they say, hey, first, you got to quit playing God. That's the playing God is the, is the identification as the finite self. Because the finite self will now say, I'm going to set on, out on a course to have faith in the infinite. That's faith in the finite self. So... You can use this with an atheist because it has nothing to do with the infinite. We're questioning the faith the atheist has in its reason or an intellect or whatever it has and seeing, hey, that may not be well-placed faith, yeah? And that the program, if you open up to the, the effect of the program, that faith, you're not going to move it to the infinite because that would be having faith in finite self it's going to be moved to the infinite through the program. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how self can't get out of self has a huge effect on us without knowing it because we think it's Paul that's getting out of self. It isn't. Paul is self, AKA self. What we're listening to as us is not us. The narration is about a you and you're not that you it's about. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. So this is why it's so important. And you can totally bypass the atheist or the believer in the, in, in the action figure. It's a matter of seeing what has failed. Yeah. Because if you constantly just talk about what's going to succeed and you try to use what's failed to succeed, that's another failure. This is about recognizing we're powerless. It's not recognizing we're going to use our power to find God. It's we recognize that we're powerless under the influence of this idea of self. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, just as, as a reminder, I'd like to let everybody know that this is not an AA meeting. It's not an all-share meeting, but it's a question and answer with Paul on, on the 12 steps. If you'd like more information, 
about zenbitchslap.com, you can go to the website, zenbitchslap.com. You can find um, information on books, videos, and recordings, and his book, Under Arrest. Paul also has uh, reflections on um, the 12 steps, which is Tuesdays and Thursdays at this time. And then he also has non-duality Zoom discussions, which is a Wednesday at 7 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern time, and 3 a.m. in the UK on Friday. And on Friday. Saturday is at 1.30 p.m. Wednesday, excuse me, yes. Wednesday and Saturday at 10, we'll 1.30 p.m. We'll try to get on at 3 a.m. on Friday. <laughs> Will you we'll be alone? Be <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, when we have another question, we have a question well, Let me from... just jump in here a second, Mike. Let me Please. jump in here. Yes. Now, just feel your sense of the third step when we're sharing this little part. When we do, when this, the third step is the act of turning our will and life, well, a decision about it. Let's just say the act of turning our will and life over to the care of something great in ourselves. When that is claimed by self, doesn't it become more like a transactional deal? You're willing to give it over, but if it has to do with meeting a guy or a woman, I'm going to hold that. I can't trust fucking the higher power to get what I want in that category. So it's more like a transactional thing. And the lower God's playing God. Yeah, it's saying, okay, I'm going to turn my will, my life over, but I want to have the option to take it back at any second. That's not surrender. <laughs> That's a deal. This is what happens when you're identified as self concerning the third step. It's so obvious. Just look at it. Yeah. Isn't there an, isn't there an out clause in the third step done by self? Of course there is. Oh, I'll surrender unless I don't get my way concerning money or meet, meeting a babe or something like that. Then I'm immediately taking it back. I used to use the example of a bully giving a young little kid a bag of candy saying, listen, hold this stuff and never give it back to me. And then coming over to the kid, give me back that fucking candy. The little kid's going to give it back to him. You know, that's not surrender. <laughs> that's freaking transactional so a lot of times we don't see self but we can tell by the manifestations of self that it's it's fucking lurking around so to speak that's how you get a hint of what's happening if there's a lot of anxiety resentment and fear in a surrendered life that life hasn't been surrendered <laughs> A life surrendered doesn't demonstrate tons of anxiety, resentment, and fear. It doesn't. That's not what grows out of a surrendered life. It doesn't, I swear. Yeah? So if you've surrendered your garden to something and the same weeds are growing, I would question something. Yeah? <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> What's the greatest way to get out of self is to see that you see, you're seemingly in self. That's the deal. Yeah. If you're, if you're thinking you're out of self and you're not, you're going to be really confused by the results. You are. You're going to be very frustrated and confused because the result won't match what you've heard from shares of 
people who have turned their will and life over to the care of a higher power. It won't. Yeah. So you'll be frustrated. That's, that has value when you recognize it. So then, wow, holy cow, self can't get out of self. Quit playing God. I was always wondering what they were talking about with that thing. Though it has primacy because it's presented as first, you got to quit playing God, then the third step principle. So it has a profound importance, this playing God. What's playing God? Find out. It isn't you. That's the good news. So you can quit playing God. It doesn't mean it stops playing God. It's going to continue to keep telling you the day's going to suck when you wake up, probably. It will. But you'll lose interest in that bulletin. You'll lose interest in those news flashes because they, you realize their basis is false evidence. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So you won't be moved out of the bed by a thought. Yeah? You won't be moved to the liquor store, yet you'll have a thought that used to move you to the liquor store. This is the freedom from the bondage of self. It doesn't mean the handcuffs aren't presented. They're presented all day, but you don't put your fucking arms in them anymore. The freedom isn't like everything stops. It isn't. It's like it continues but the volume has been turned way down, yeah? Like it's orders that would have you at the fucking dealer's house are unlistened to. It, it barks the same way, but there's no reaction to it. You've outgrown the fear that it used to fucking foster, yeah? You've outgrown it. The it that you outgrow is still there, but you, you have outgrown it, yes? And you know what happens? People, a lot of us right here, are in a state of having outgrown it, yet the narration keeps telling you you're up the ass of self. And then there's a fucking belief in that, so you act as if you're not sober when you're sober. Yeah, you're having a story, you know? No, you're fucking sober. The problem doesn't exist for you right now. I mean, if something's, what's more important? Something being so, or you acknowledging as something being so? Your acknowledgement is a huge player, yeah? If you're, if you're just keeping thinking you're going to be fucked next week and you're not attending to the miracle of being sober now. Yeah. It, it sounds corny, but to be clear that you're sober is an incredible present tense state. Yeah, to just be clear about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the head wants to be cloudy even about that. It does. Yeah. I have. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think it's because I'm self-centered that I I'm thinking of 
like next week when I start the job rather than today and just being grateful. I yes, hear you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's but it's not you that's thinking about next week. Please, there's thoughts yeah. about next week that are that are implying it's you having them, but you're not having the thoughts. Really, they're having you if you buy into it. Yeah, we got to be clear. We're not this all-powerful thing that seems to be losing power this way, that way. We're not. Yeah. This idea of Paul is the basis of powerlessness. So now the thoughts have me all day. The feelings have me all day. Fucking cravings have me all day. Obsession with self has me all day. Yeah, let's get it right. The language is totally misdirected. It's constantly saying we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. I used to always use the example of going to a talk Back east, I hadn't been there in about a, a year. So a guy who had seen me in the past came into the, the room and says, hey, Paul, you're growing your hair because my hair got longer, yeah? So then I said, oh, yeah, I'm growing my hair. I'm looking pretty good, you know? It's pretty, it's long, got a nice shape. I got a whole, I could give you advice about shampoos and moisturizers. Now he was going bald, so I said, bro, you're not doing that well in the growing the hair department. Hey, we have a meeting every week that we get together and we grow the hair, our hair together. It seems to work. It seemed to get a half inch longer a month and stuff. Why don't you come join the group? And so, all right, all premised on the idea that I'm growing my hair, which I'm not. All I'm doing is not cutting it. Yeah. The hair just grows on its fucking own. Yeah. You hear it? This is the language all day. The language is assuming you have a lot of power and you don't have fucking any. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Hilarious. Well, that's, if really, it's truly, you know, could you imagine if you wrote a comedy and all the audience took it seriously, it became a huge drama? But the whole, the basis was it's a satire. <laughs> it's, for, it's for comedy relief, not fucking you know, dramatic electrocution all day. It's for comedy relief. It's hilarious what's going on up there. <laughs> I know she's planning on leaving me. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't know shit. <laughs> when I got hit by the car, I didn't know I was going to get hit by the car until I got hit by the car. That's how far-sighted it is. <laughs> it didn't warn me a month before or a couple of weeks before or even 30 seconds before. It was totally surprised by, by the car <laughs> completely. <laughs> this is what we're relying on? Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's not by its managing that we've arrived there. It's by grace, really. We should have probably all been dead already. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> next question we have from Rhonda. Asking to unmute Rhonda. Hey, Paul, Rhonda. Nice to meet you. Hey. This has been great. Um, first time I've heard you speak. Um, 
I've been in the program since uh, December, actually New Year's of 2014. Um, I kind of skimmed over the first three steps, to be very honest. And I just recently had to go back. Um, I was holding on to a lot of uh, resentments in regard to religion. I was brought up in a Southern Baptist religion and it was very judgmental and very burn in hell. And I couldn't wrap my mind around that. I've always felt I was more of a spiritual being. Um, which I've come to feel. I, I have woken up. Um, I guess my question for you is you mentioned something about being handpicked. We just lost you, Rhonda. Yeah. Who were brought to suffering by this higher power intentionally because we do have a purpose. Because I was told that I have a light that I put down years ago that it was time to pick back up and I feel my goal, my purpose here on earth today, which is pretty cool because I was a worthless piece of shit when I came in. Um, I was given this light and told I need to share it and re help raise the vibration of this love on earth, you guys. And I feel that there's so many people waking up right now. Um, kind of have a two-part question, really. Um, I feel like it's a spiritual warfare, in a way. The self you're talking about. I, I've never believed in a Satan or a hell, but I've always known there's a light and a dark, right? That dark side in my brain, the one that tells me I can go get a fix or I can go get a drink or I can lie or I can steal or I can manipulate to get my way. Is that the dark? You know what I'm saying? There's a good and a, a good and a bad, the, the light and the darkness, the God and the Satan, however you word it in your particular spiritual beliefs. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like there's this spiritual warfare going on in the entire world and that a lot of people are waking up. And I honestly feel like a lot of them are alcoholics and addicts because we've hit a freaking bottom. We're the lucky ones. And we were told there was a way to reach out and find a different God, right? I, I was on the verge of being agnostic when I walked in the room, but I knew something saved my ass and stuck me in the chair. So I was willing to stick around because what you were saying sounded right, but I couldn't quite get there. I figured out for me personally, I wasn't meditating and I had to let go a lot of resentments against, again, my grandfather and the judgment of the religion. I was going to be disowned as a kid because I was pregnant out of wedlock and it goes very, very deep, the judgment I felt. Um, but for me, I wasn't meditating. I was told that if I'm praying, I'm talking to God and if I'm meditating, I'm listening and that hit me. And I got on my knees for the first time at a lake. I live in a beautiful place in Northern uh, California, Pollock Pines, very small town in the, in the Sierra Nevadas. So I went out to a lake and there was the sunlight and eagles and uh, trees and just this glorious moment. And um, that was my awakening. And I guess, again, my, my question to you would be, do you also feel that, that it's, uh, we kind of were handpicked in a way. I mean, because how many people tell you I know there has to be a God that saved my ass and put me in the chair and I stuck around till I was willing to believe. And it's like, for those of us that struggled finding a God, maybe we had to do it this way, right? Maybe we had to go through this program to find a different way. Um, and is it, is it a big spiritual warfare right now? Like I'm feeling, do you feel that I guess would be my question in my main question. There's a lot going on. And in my brain, those ugly, dirty thoughts, I think of them as the dark or the, the other side of my higher power. Like you were saying, there's the good and the bad. Well, let me, uh, well, this gets into 
gets deep, huh? I know. <laughs> Just the, uh, you know, we all see it in different ways and at different times, the way we see it works, yes? Yes. So it sounds like this works for you, the all that you are, and therefore fucking go with it, yeah? That's the way you see it, yeah. If it's working, because the underlying thing is, is not so much your view, but the, but the seeing before it, like the awareness. So if the view seems to help that you are becoming more aware that you're aware, I'm all for it. It's been put, it's being put to good use, but I, see, I'm not, I don't have uh, any dogs in the hunt about how I view things. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know. I see uh, the, the idea of light and dark is the basis of duality and duality is the interpretation of this place by us. Yes. So we're seeing everything through a bifocal lens as the action figure. Yeah. Okay. And so basically uh, it's an either, either or, and after a while, sometimes for a contrast to recognize something, you need to have a, a very clear distinction between one and the other. But as you go along, that doesn't become that important. Yeah, yeah, because it's neither really. Yeah, it's neither dark or light. Those are two ways the light is being expressed. Yeah, right. it's like yeah. going through a lens that it seems to get split, but basically it's all light. Yeah, so uh, I'm more interested in what about the light before it goes through the camera lens into this world, into this dreaming. And so if you stick with, with it, that pitting one against the other, there'll be an acceptance of everything sooner or later. Yeah? Yeah, yeah because you are that even of this that you've been railing against. You are that, and you're the that of the that yeah it's just and you're not all of it yeah but along the way certain views work and so let them do their job which is great yeah you're jacked up and you're excited that's fantastic that's attractive in this world of recovery so yeah thank you there you go yeah Thanks, i hope Paul. i can say it as vague as possible <laughs> We can all feel like the chosen one, but uh, we're not the one that was chosen, so to speak. <laughs> we're, we're more that which picked the chosen one than any chosen or unchosen one. We're more that which seemingly picked the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to see relief from alcoholism in these Tuesdays and Thursdays talks. And I want to see relief. And how you really have relief from alcoholism isn't from alcoholism, it's from the bondage of self. The bondage of self, relief from the bondage of self, is the greatest relief of alcoholism.
It really is. Yeah, because it's the root of it. Alcoholism isn't the root dis-ease. It's bondage of self. And that bondage of self continues by being identified as self. Yeah. It's sort of in that the idea of light and dark. It's the light forgetting that it's the light and then finally coming to, a, to realize it's the darkness. And then by being totally clear about being the darkness, it finds out it's not the darkness and arrives at where it always was, which is the light. Yeah. I think this is the, the, the seeming journey of recovery. <laughs> While you're denying the darkness, it's got more light than anything. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when light denies the darkness, it's giving it a lot of light. You see? So we come and there's an admittance. We take, we, we see our role in things and we don't see. And then in that, the dark, the light that's been put in the darkness and what is darkness? Just absence of light. Yeah. The light goes back to light. You see all there was, was light anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just withheld light is sort of like what they call darkness. Well, All right. Thank you, Paul. Uh, next question we have is from Lee. Lee asking you to unmute and take it away. Thank you. Hi, Paul. Um, it's the second time I've heard you talk about um, steps. And, you know, I'm very grateful to be on this journey. My question to you is, Grand step four and dealing with resentments and self-bondage and how we product ourselves. And um, when I went through step four, it blew my mind away how to look at resentments. <laughs> and um, when I've done that step, at the end of it, I asked my sponsor, how come we don't get taught this? as part of a curriculum education because I can look at my resentment and still remember resentments as far as going back as a teenager. So that was really my main question. Why is this not part of an academic life school? They give you all the natural skills to read, write, um, how to be... Um, successful in um, life, but they don't teach you how to deal with resentment or people that have done you wrong. And, you know, I asked my sponsor that question and he can come back and answer with me about that. And I'm not trying to question the program. I love the program. You know, it gave me a new light of life and you know, dealing with resentment and the way we deal with them. I just wish I got shown that at a very early stage in life. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I know it's a difficult question. Well, it's, it's not, 
it doesn't fit in the framing of the platform, but I I like to answer it. And the idea is, uh, the program is completely sound, fortunately or unfortunately, it was presented as a, a cure or as a, a, a way of recovering from alcoholism. And so in society, it got very compartmentalized, yeah? Yep. So by thinking, oh, it's for them, it's pretty good for them, but it has nothing to do with us, is yep. just basically how we act here. We're living right. in a very separated condition and thinking, Things are, oh, oh, that may be all right for them, but it's not for me. And a lot of people actually are, have tried and are trying to sort of make it more uh, acceptable for people who don't want to or believe that they have an addictive problem, yeah? And mm -hmm. so people are actually attempting to do that. But the dilemma is most... Uh, <laughs> Most most patients are totally unwilling for the the recovery program. You know what I mean? So yeah, usually none of us came into the program usually out of virtue. It was out of fucking there was no other place to go. So yeah. like we say, you know, AA is a perfect program, but there's people in it. So once you enter once you introduce people in it. It can fail miserably <laughs> because of lack of interest and shit. So I don't feel that the bondage to self is so unbelievable that most of the time it doesn't even get close to even thinking it needs help. <laughs> you know what I mean? I swear to God. You have your pants on backwards. You're living in a refrigerator box. Hey, no, I'm doing great. It's an incredible aspect of self is the, the level of denial it can sort of maintain. It's pretty amazing. So first people have to feel or get a sense they're fucked to yeah. uh, take this curriculum, so to speak. <laughs> That's the heavy lifting is for the, for the, the admittance of the innermost self finally getting it. That's really the... The program is pretty easy. It's the resistance to the program, which is the dilemma. It's not that I've done a few steps, you know. I know a lot of people that hold resentment and, you know, you look at them and you think, wow, I need to be like that. And, you know, you, like you said, you just can't give them this program. You know, you've got to want it for yourself. And, you know, it's amazing that we don't get taught these little basic skills from an early age. Yeah. Yes. But you have to look at, too, in most familial structures, resentment is one of the main bind bondings. You know what I mean? The aunt's yeah. talking about the uncle. The uncle's talking about the grandma. Your brother's talking about you. Yeah. It's really, it's chock full of resentment <laughs> in most cases. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> you could probably, you could probably write a perfect curriculum. You probably won't have many students. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> we, we are the blessed ones. And I, I guess we, 
have to suffer, suffer from addiction, yeah, maybe not everyone has the same way of our thinking, but as, as far back as 12, I can remember having resentments about a lot of people. Maybe it's because I'm disabled or, 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 that, or maybe because I suffer from this illness of addiction, but you know, I used to go to bed with resentments and wake up with them and never had a, had a clue how to get rid of them out of my system to yes. I came into this yeah. wonderful program. But remember, Lee, in a way, the way we're attempting to hold resentments here is that they're not mine. They weren't yours. They were, they, they had you, you didn't have them, yeah? They were like the guest that presented itself as the master. This is what we're trying to draw a very clear distinction between, the resentment and my resentment. It's usually different, yeah? I always was surprised how many uh, ideas I had about shit I had no idea of, yeah? Like when I met, when I ran into a new topic, I had tons of fucking ideas downloading. And I could, I realized there's something that's reacting to life, yeah, that's superseding my response to life. It did, it was after a while. There was like a, it's sort of like you find yourself on the moon and you don't know you have a space helmet. And the space helmet has a little narration going on about the moon and you and everything like that. And you never entertain, you could just twist it off and take it off. You know how you ever see the movies? There's the one person that says, fuck this. No, don't take the helmet off. And they take the helmet off. And they take a good breath. <gasps> <sighs> the atmosphere is fine. That's what we're saying fucking here. If, if, you take, if you can entertain your not self and that helmet is taken off, it's fucking fine. Yeah? There is a solution. It's not all fucking hell. Yeah? There is a solution. But it's going to be difficult to get through that solution through that fucking helmet. <laughs> so we want to entertain, hey, this is a helmet. It's not me. So these are not my resentments. It's the way the helmet sees fucking life. All right. The helmet ain't me. Maybe I can take it off. That's the point. Yeah. I was identified as the helmet. I had a recognition. I had a download that told me I wasn't. At that moment, I realized I could be free from it. I, and then at that next moment, it showed me I had been trying to be free as it since I was six years old. Something that was profoundly misdirecting got corrected. I realized I'm not self, and therefore the possibility of being free from it is available. And it's never not been available ever since. So that's what we're sharing, yeah? So, yeah, resentments, resentments, but what, what role does the my have in the resentment? It has a huge fucking role, yeah? Yeah, all right, thanks, Lee. Thanks, sir. Pleasure having you. Come back. Okay, great. Now, our next question is, and last question is from Gary C. Gary, you're asked to unmute. Okay, uh, can you hear me? 
Yes. Yes. I yeah. So, uh, yes. Gary, and sex love addict. Um, and so, Paul, um, my question um, is about the fourth step. And, it, and it's basically who's answering the, who's doing the inventory? For example, uh, yes. one of the questions that uh, Joe and Charlie have in in their arms is what would you do different or what should you do different than what you did to harm the person and and i notice when i answer that question when i just sit with it i get there's like a download that, that seems really clear like whoa well i would be unselfish i would be concerned about that person i would tell them the truth about my condition and that feels like not not self, not me. But then that then the, the self and comes right after on the heels of that and says, "Well, I, I now I want to be able to live that way that I got fucked over because I, I don't know what it was, I I know I'm rambling here a little bit, but I'm, I'm, my my underlying question seems to be." Who's answering the questions in number two? I mean, I mean, step four. It's, um, I have some sense of it, but then things get a little bit confused after the answer comes. Um, and and I'd just like to hear your input on, you know, who's, who's asking, or, but who's answering the, the questions? Yeah, right. Yes. All right. All right. First, let's get clear on this. There is no thing called self. Yeah. There's no thing called self. There's no enemy. There's nothing. There's selfing. Yeah. Which is a mental activity. The mental activity, when something's happening, let's say there's writing a fourth step. Yes. The mental activity claims the writing the fourth step implies you yeah just be clear about it there isn't a self selfing there's selfing that implies a self yeah so there's no that. one writing there's just writing yeah yeah so yeah. it's if the a better description would be watts writing there's no who writing the writing is claimed to imply the who. Yeah? So what yes. happens is there's an action of doing the fourth step, and then the head claims the doing of the fourth step and says, I'm the one who did the fourth step. Yeah? And I'm the one that now has to review the fourth step. No. There's doing the fourth step. There's reviewing the fourth step. There's thinking about that. And then there's the claiming of all of that to imply there's Gary. Please get clear about this. There is no self that does anything. There's, there's a lot of doing that's being used to imply a self. I'm trying to describe the horse in front of the car. Yeah? There's doing, and then the mental states claims the doing whatever that doing was yeah there's a lot of us that are doing all day eating going to the bathroom yes 
So there's tons, tons of doing. Then there's the claiming of the doing by the mental state. Yes? The claiming of it. And the claiming implies there was a doer of the doing. So the claiming, here's the doing, claiming, the make, they're making up the doer. And then the doer is presupposed before the doing. And now you did it. You see? So when you ask who did the, who did the fourth step inventory, there was no who that did it. There was a doing of the fourth step inventory. You don't, we don't get it. See, the mental logic can't let a verb alone. It can't see that there's just doing something. It has to look as if there has to be a doer of it. Yeah? yeah. You see it? So there's selfing. That's why we use the term selfing. Of course, in AA, they use the term self. So in the AA presentation, we use the term self. But self is something that's made up out of selfing. Yeah? That's it. So who's doing the fourth step comes from not, rel not recognizing the claiming of the doing of the fourth step by the mental state and implying, and then you're asking the who that it's going to present as you. Yeah? Yeah. So it, it produces the answer to the question you're going to ask. <laughs> so you never get out of the fucking system. It's a, a self-centered system asking who is the self-centered system doing the, 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 the it just, it's like uh, going down the bowl, so to speak. Yes. So every answer. The assumption is, is there's someone that did the fourth step. That's an assumption. It's not true. There was a doing of a fourth step. Yeah, that feels truer. Now, a lot of us have been, again, the language. There's, a, there's been a lot of doing of fourth step inventories here. There's been no doer of it. That's the whole point of the message. Yeah? It doesn't negate the doing. That happened. It negates the one that did it because that didn't happen. That was made up. That's a narration of what's happening. A narration based, reinforced by self-centeredness, the system of self-centeredness, which means all the interpretation of the system pertains to a self. Yeah? A self that there isn't. That's why the system has failed. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's been successful. It's failed because it has presented a story about you that is not you. Yeah? That's its innate failure. So you never find that you are a spiritual condition because you're constantly found as the physical mental condition by the mental narrative. Yeah? I hear you. So there is no, there's no one that did anything. There's no one that didn't do anything. If you want to really get to it, there, all there is is verbing. There's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, toucher. There is no seer, hearer, feel, and taste, or touch. Yeah? There's doing, there is no doer. There's thinking, there is no thinker. Yeah? There's feeling, there is no feeler. That's where the freedom lies. 
you want to try to, I only want to feel certain things. That's bondage of self because it's not going to work. <laughs> First of all, I don't want to think these thoughts. You never did. Hallelujah. So you got your wish. You were never the thinker of the thoughts. What? I rather, I want to, I rather feel like I'm the thinker and I could, I can think different thoughts. Exactly. That's the system. It, it doesn't admit, see, it says, all right, these thoughts suck, but if I just manage better, I bet you I could think better thoughts. That's bondage of self. What do you, based on you're the thinker, you're not the thinker. The bondage of self is you're trying to interpret verbs from a noun point of view. They don't work. The only thing that works is the narrative provided by the system that's producing the noun. That's all. You present this fucking story to a two-year-old, they're like, what the fuck? Why are you so bummed out, Uncle Bill? Oh, next week could be really bad. The kid has no idea of fucking time. They're just having a joyous moment. Let's go out and play. I can't. Next week. What's next week? Time hasn't set in their little heads yet. Look at us. We're totally run by what's not happening. That's insane. Not one of us as a kid was ever run by what's not happening. Not one of us, unless you were a very hostile, very ablation. If you were just an okay kid, you didn't have, I didn't have a, a strong sense of time until much later. Yeah. I wasn't worried about, will I be playing next week? All I was worried about was playing now. <laughs> so there is no self. So this idea, well, Who's doing it? No, there's no who that ever did it. Yeah. That's the message, really. The bondage of self is taking yourself to be something that you're not. You're a verb. You're the living of life. You're not the liver of the life. You're the living of life. Shit. This isn't a way of the noun traveling lighter. It's recognizing your nature is of lightness. Yeah, that's why you travel lighter. I hope that was clear. I don't, there is no self. We're not trying to improve a self that has always been. Maybe there's other meetings that are doing that. That's not the basis of this meeting. So if I haven't been clear about that, I apologize because I'm using the language of recovery. That is a, a now it's a fucking we call self, but let's not, it's not a noun I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a freedom from a thing. I'm talking about a, a freedom from a, a mental activity. Yeah. Be very clear about that. I am not speaking about being free from a thing that is part and parcel of the dark side. I'm, th I'm talking about a freedom from a mental activity. Not that the activity will stop. That's a magical idea of freedom. Loss of interest in the activity because it's not about you. Yes, you are not of that. You ever see birds? When I was in Australia, they have a bird called the butcher bird. And I used to feed it in our yard. And the amazing thing is, there was a lot of bird life in Australia.
Australia where I lived. Butcher bird was only listening to other butcher birds. That's the only thing he was keenly picking up was other butcher birds, yeah? This is the fucking bondage. You're taking the voice that's yapping all day to be talking about you. And you're taking the voice to be you. You're like the butcher bird listening, just listening to only the sounds of other butcher birds, yeah? You can't hear any other tune. You can't hear any other note. That's the bondage. You're not, you're not open for downloads from other possibilities. We get intuitive thoughts. We get rushed recognition. All of that, that's more of us than the fucking yapping, yapping, yapping all day. So, any other question? Have one more if you like. Are we all right? Uh, that, was, that was all the hands that were up. We're done for today. Oh, oh and, all like right. Yeah. Okay. I want to, you know, this is just an idea, but hopefully you can maybe use it. It's like a little, it's like a one day, like by, it's one, a one day glass lens. Just use it and see, do you feel more like a verb or a noun? I mean, does it really feel like you're just doing, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting all day? I do. I mean, it's just obvious. Yeah. So just see, yeah. The quality of seeing is the greatest quality of all. It's the awareness that's untouched by anything that appears after it, yeah? It's the awareness that's untouched by everything and anything, yeah? We are of that. So let's not forget that, yeah? It doesn't mean remembering that, not forget that. We are that, yeah? Yeah. So, all right, thanks everyone. Let me say goodbye to everybody if I can, if you don't mind. We got Jacob in Seattle. Nice to see you, Jacob. Kristen, fantastic. You got a different color. Uh, this is your indoor shirt, yeah? All right, we got Therese. We got John up there, Kaiser, Michael, Stacy. Thanks for the job, Michael, your service. Fantastic today. Kathy, Mickey from Madera, James Lebowski. I don't know where he is. Let's keep him. We got Bev. Bev? Ah, Bev, Bev is a very subdued I don't know today. See, I don't know is great when, you, when there's an acceptance of yes. it. Fantastic state. When there's yes. resistance to it, yes, yes. So now you've come around, so to speak. We got Rick Rowe. Fantastic. Sika. I'm sorry about that, Rick. <laughs> Keep coming back. You'll get over that soon. Beatrice. We got Howard. Howard, thanks for the cash. Yeah. John Jono from the UK. Mika, nice to see you, Mika. You're looking very serious there. I'd hate to go into an interview with you, room. I'd never get the job with that look. Uh, uh, you don't qualify for this position. All right, <laughs> Mike. We got Mike over here, Mike O. We got Lee. Lee, thank you for your uh, participation. Fantastic. Keith, nice to see you, Keith, again. Petaluma. Let's go back because I missed the first page. 
Uh, we've got Mike C. As always, thank him. He's the one who actually holds up the platform. He, he uh, keeps uh, records of when I'm late or not. I was about a minute and a half late today. 90 seconds. It's not bad. Marty, nice to see you, Marty. Rob, but it was worth it, wasn't it? The talks today. Rob, Rob, Kentucky. Rob from uh, the UK. Paul, he's got the interstellar shirt on today, I think. Nice to see you, Paul. Thank Maria, you. nice to see you, Maria K. Jeremy, welcome. Yes, yes. Gary, Gary Seek. Gary's living large in the corner. Woohoo! That's pretty good. We got, I missed somebody, I think. No, I didn't. We got Kristen. Again, I said hello to you guys. We got Rick. I said hello to you guys. Oh, Beatrice. We got Howard, Mika, Dennis from L.A. Julian Rose is in the house. Nice to see you, Julian. You know, I thought you'd be, I thought you were in a boat or something. Where? I don't see the boat. All right. Thank you for the cast. Very appreciated. I always spend it very unwisely. Just to let you know where your donations go. Frivolous fucking purchases. Oh. <laughs> Leah, nice to see you, Leah. Dennis in L.A. I, hope, I don't want to speak about your son, but I hope he's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Kim down there. Nice to see you, Kim. We got... Uh, Rona's doing her eyelashes. Nice to see you, Rona. Yes. Knock them dead today. We got Merrill, Josie, a lot of people uh, anonymous today. Fantastic. Hillary from St. Pete, Florida. Ben, Prashant, Pandey, Dimitri. Nice to see you, Dimitri. I hope you're feeling good. And, uh, well, thank everybody for attending and I really always have a wonderful time with this, yeah? And I really, I appreciate so much the opportunity you've given me to uh, share. I really appreciate it a lot. I would probably die if I couldn't share. Seriously, probably not. Let's not be that serious or dramatic. But it would be like a marathon runner in a closet. I'd have to get out somehow. All right, thanks, everyone. Kathy, nice to see you, Catherine. Thank you. Here, see everybody. Thanks. We'll see you Thank on you, Thursday. Paul. Hope. Bye. Thank yeah. you, Paul. Thanks, Thank people. And stop recording, Mike Z. Oh, thank you. <laughs>